This episode is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, experienced wealth managers who go above and beyond to guide and support you. CanDo is more than just an attitude. It's navigating today for a brighter tomorrow. Visit CanDoWealth.com. Hello and welcome to Coffeehouse Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Natasha Froze and I'm joined by Katie Balls and James Heal. The Rwanda bill faces its first test in Parliament this afternoon. And Katie, this is a big week for Sunak. What happened yesterday? Um, what do you think we could expect today? Yeah, I think we're basically shaping up for the most important Commons vote of Rishi Sunak's premiership. Now, the Windsor framework, I think, was a really crunch moment in the spring. But the crucial difference was Keir Starmer offered to support Rishi Sunak, to give him the support of Labour. So it did matter what the size of the Tory rebellion was on the Windsor framework, and they got it down to a pretty low number. I think it was 29 MPs who voted against, including the DUP. But you always had the safety blanket, one the Tory government didn't really want to use, but a safety blanket nonetheless, that Labour backing meant that his policy would go through. What Rishi Sunak faces today is his bid to salvage the Rwanda policy. Um, Since the Supreme Court verdict saying the scheme is unlawful, this is his plan B. We've already had the illegal migration bill at the beginning of the year. That was originally seen as a way to unify the Tory party and take the fight to Labour. Of course, the Supreme Court verdict means that hasn't been able to have the effect, work in operation with the Rwanda scheme. And this is meant to be the, the way to get around that. The issue is, uh, as we've said on this podcast last week, um, some on the left have reservations and some on the right really have reservations. And therefore, it's not impossible that Rishi Sunak faces defeat today at second reading. And if you think back to, you know, the 80s, the last time that happened in terms of a bill, it would be a really significant blow to Rishi Sunak's authority. And I don't think we could quite predict what would necessarily follow from that. I think it could have some unintended consequences from some of the people voting today. Intended by some, but I'm sure we'll get to that later. In terms of where we are now in the various Tory factions, the One Nation caucus met yesterday and they sound broadly as though they are going to support the bill at this stage. So that is one uh, you know, relative relief for Rishi Sunak. Trickier, as those on the right of the party, Marc Francois leading the ERG was pretty eviscerating about the bill yesterday. Um, they said it was incomplete, partial, um, which I think does identify as doing some things right, uh, but they said it does not go far enough. And therefore, it'd be better to tear up this bill and start anew. Number 10, do not want to do that. And we're now in almost in a game of chicken between the potential Tory rebels, uh, largely in the European Research Group, who'll meet again later today. The new Conservatives, who, as we record, are currently in 10 Downing Street. They're the 2019-type intake, meeting with the Prime Minister over breakfast where he'll try and win them round. And then also the Common Sense Group um, of uh, MPs to the right, um, those three groups, if they come together, you could start to get to a point where the right could potentially um, defeat this at second reading. And that could be done either through uh, the number voting against, so 29 Tory MPs vote against, and also through abstentions. Um, you know, if just under 60 Tory MPs abstain, it would have the same effect. And I think speaking to figures in the party, there's a worry, I think, more that you could end up in a situation where there are so many abstentions, you tip into that, rather than perhaps actively 
voting against. It feels like the European Research Group, they're currently picking between abstaining or voting against. And that's the choice I'll make later today. And James, in terms of the right of the party, what is it about the bill that they're so unhappy about? Well, there's a couple of things, Natasha. I think one of the issues is that they're obviously concerned that migrants are going to file these individual cases, arguing that Rwanda would be a safe country, would be an unsafe country for them, and that therefore their claim shouldn't be allowed to, uh, it shouldn't be allowed to be uh, flown over to Rwanda. So therefore, I think there's this concern about how much right to an individual appeal should you have. The government have countered that by saying, look, even in World War Two, even in wartime, we had the right to appeal certain cases. Uh, the rule of law still applies. I'm not sure how well that argument has gone down with certain members of the ERG. So one point about the individual appeal and this kind of, is, is it going to be sort of death by lawfare where you're just going to have endless court cases holding up the Rwanda scheme? The other issue I've sort of seen is is the concern that, you know, Simon Clark, for instance, has written in The Telegraph today, he's a member of the ERG, and he's written about, oh, it's only going to be token flights and the idea that, okay, a minority of flights might not get might get off the ground, but the majority could be stopped. Now, this is always a difficult question because, of course, Rwanda was only meant to process a couple of hundred people. That's all they've ever agreed to do. Um, and I th- and think the argument from some in government was that it would be a sort of deterrent effect whereby you, you stop more people coming here if they know they could have the chance of being flown to Rwanda for processing. That, of course, argument suffered a bit of a blow yesterday with Matthew Rycroft, who is the permanent secretary of the Home Office, yesterday came out and said that when they were doing the assessment in spring 2022, they, they, they assessed in the Home Office that there would be no deterrent effect to Rwanda. Um, so I think there's concern really on, on the right on, on two issues. Number one, how many flights? And number two, how many court cases would be likely to go ahead under this bill? And Katie, Keir Starmer has described Rwanda as a gimmick. What would they do differently? Well, Labour talked about returns agreements. They've also talked about, uh, you know, more processing and so forth. I don't think there's anything particularly stand out in the Labour ideas in the sense that lots of things that have been tried. Now, they would argue we're going to do it more than has been, more than others have before and so forth. And we'll also not waste money on the scheme that has yet to work. I think effectively, until the Rwanda scheme works, Labour do get off a bit, you know, out of jail free on this um, because people are focusing more on the Tories. But it would be a problem under both parties. It's clearly something all European countries are grappling with. Keir Starmer is going to be giving a speech today and that will be to mark the 2019 uh, election victory. Of course, it was an election victory for the Tories, not Labour, um, but they've chosen to do it and they've had to move the location slightly from, uh, I think, potentially it's meant to be Workington or, or an area in the Red Wall, um, but they've had to move it slightly because of the, this vote today so everyone can get back in time. But that would be trying to make this argument that um, ultimately what, what went wrong for Labour is they didn't listen to voters and now they're listening to the voters. Meanwhile, the Tories are fighting one another. And it's, I'd say it's quite, in a way it's bad timing for Keir Starmer because I think everyone is going to be talking about the Tories and this vote today and that will leave the front pages so it will get less coverage. But in another way, it's pretty good timing because I think the Tories are doing exactly probably what Keir Starmer is talking about. And so, so it's making, making that clear. But I think... It is just a situation where today is about the Conservative Party and what happens if MPs decide to go down a route whereby they defeat this bill at second reading. Um, because speaking to potential rebels and some Tory MPs, including some Tory MPs on the right, who effectively have said to me that they are going to be backing the bill. And if you look at the Tory MPs on the right who have come out, you know, it's not all people who love Rishi Sunak. You have Ben Wallace. I think it's pretty well documented the tensions that were had, you know, um, between the pair and he was defence secretary saying, you know, 
do not make this a wrecking bill because it, it could wreck the government. You also have Priti Patel saying, you know, you must vote for this bill. Obviously, uh, Boris Johnson backer who voted against the Windsor framework. Um, so I think you are beginning to see uh, voices saying, if you do this, what do you think is going to happen next? Because I think there are some Tory MPs who will vote against this, who'd be quite happy to see Rishi Sunak leave, head off into the sunset. Um, but I think others are going more on policy grounds, but perhaps not realising, or perhaps they feel so strongly, I think it's worth risking it, to be fair. But by doing this, it's not just handing something to Labour. Where does it leave Rishi Sunak? If Rishi Sunak loses this vote, that is a huge blow to his authority. And you already have people saying he will be the new Theresa May. Think back to those Brexit wars, um, you know, 2017 to 2019, pushed around by the various factions. It's hard to see how Rishi Sunak would do what Mark Francois wanted and rip up the bill and come up with a new one that the One Nation group would accept. There's also the question of whether the Rwandan government would pull the scheme as number 10 has suggested. Um, but I think even if we just take that aside with all the doubts being cast on it by um, you know, some figures on the right, you would have a situation whereby the One Nation group, I think, would start to think, well, we've just you know made all these compromises to get this through, and now you're taking us even further away from where we want to be. Now, perhaps Rishi Sunak could face them down, but I think at that point it would be very difficult. And therefore, if he does lose Bill, I think we've already talking about potential confidence letters. Now, as I think we have also said in this podcast, Rishi Sunak would, I think, comfortably win a confidence vote. But it's also just the case as a political leader, there's no such thing really as a win when it comes to a confidence vote. It tends to mark, you know, a point when your premiership turns in a direction that it, it's hard to recover from. And therefore, going into an election year, there'd be uncertainty about Rishi Sunak's own position, but also more broadly, just, um, you know, did the Conservative Party, you know, really, you know, making the choice not to unite. And I think incredibly messy, whether that's with Rishi Sunak leading or not. Yeah, I mean, all the focus right now is on these two numbers, 29 voting against or 57 abstentions. I mean, of course, the the final number could be a mix of both. Um, I think the the bit of confidence you could have from Number 10's perspective is that a lot of Tory MPs, are, well, some Tory MPs have come out and said, well, I won't vote for it. Uh, but few, I think, at this stage of saying, they're talking about voting it down, certainly in public. So that could be some um, ray of hope for them. I think the other issue is that it's not just about the second reading tonight. There's also the programme motion. And that was what did for Lord Reform 10 years ago, was that MPs were saying, oh, of course, I support the principle of this, but I want to give more time to debate it. And so the failure to get um, a solution through on the programme motion is what can do for some pieces of government legislation. Uh, and just in terms of uh, the spectres of Brexit past, uh, David Cameron will be up before Bill Cash's European Scrutiny Committee later today. Uh, so it really will feel a little bit like Groundhog Day, as Katie says there, uh, and the Brexit wars and people resuming their positions of, say, 2018, 2019. All to play for. Well, stay tuned because there will be another podcast later on after we've had the second reading. Um, thank you, Katie. Thank you, James. And thank you for listening.